Shorthanded, Smith coming down the middle on the backhand, he shoots, he scores! Listen to the fortress, it's a shorthanded goal for Riley Smith. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Knights get the puck out of the zone, here's Stone, lead Stevenson coming in, down the middle, he gets a backhander off, and it's in! Chandler Stevenson from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at lbsportsnetwork.com with your hosts Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Well, we are one hour closer to face-off here at T-Mobile Arena. Darren Millard along with uh, Ryan Wallace. It's been one of those bizarre, surreal, strange days in and around the National Hockey League as one-by-one games have been postponed in the National Hockey League today, 10 games originally on the slate. This is the last one that is uh, up for grabs, and it looks like we're going to play it. I'm now willing to say we're going to get a game with a definitive status behind my declaration. Darren Millard, Ryan Wallace are zeroing in on the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Vegas Golden Knights, and two teams, now that we're going to have a game, might as well break it down. A couple of teams that are surging at the right time, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning top spot in the Atlantic Division trying to fend off the Florida Panthers and the Toronto Maple Leafs. And it's the Vegas Golden Knights who have reeled in the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, uh, so where you expected them to be at the start of the year, they're kind of right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it's teams with, with a similar path to getting to where they are right now so far this year. It, uh, good teams are going to go through stretches where it, it's difficult in the regular season. And I think what we've what we've come to learn and expect and understand of both Tampa and Vegas is that uh, this is a, these are both teams that know how to get it done when they need to. They know when they've got to go on a bit of a run. They know when they have to make up ground, especially if they have a, a, a less than ideal start to the season. Uh, and it's two teams that, you know, no matter what their record might indicate, there's belief in that room that they're among the best teams in the league. And, and it's only a matter of time until their record starts to match that, and both teams right now are, are in that spot. Uh, Tampa Bay has uh, surpassed Toronto uh, by percentage points uh, for first place, and it's the same situation for Vegas against Anaheim in the Pacific. Very uh, different campaigns. Uh, there's There's similarities there, but Who's, who's standing are you most impressed with right now? Is it Vegas or, or is it Tampa Bay who are, are in that tough division with the likes of, of Florida, uh, Toronto, Boston uh, also in that loop? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's really tough because, you know, I look at the Tampa Bay Lightning and even though they, they've been without Nikita Kucherov, even though they've been without – uh, Braden Point for a while, like they've still got a number of really good dynamic players in, in you know, Steven Stamkos, Anthony Sorelli, like those are two players that, that I just think the world of, and you know how good they can be. Uh, beyond that, they've got one of, if not the best defensemen in the league, uh, and it's a short list, but Victor Hedman, Alex Petrangelo, like they're kind of right there together. Um, for me, though, I'm more impressed by where the Golden Knights are, because as as much as missing Nikita Kucherov hurts as much as missing Braden Point hurts. The Golden Knights, they went through a stretch without two-thirds of their top of their top line and without their second-line center in William Carlson. This is a team that was decimated by injury and still found ways to win. If Vegas wins tonight, they will be tied with the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, with 42 points. 
But what you also have to take into account is through all the injuries and all the different things that Pete Boris had to uh, juggle with will be one point off the highest point total in the National Hockey League. Yeah. There's one thing leading the Pacific Division. There's one thing uh, uh, challenging for your conference lead. When, when you're a point out, if you win tonight, given everything that you've dealt with, yeah. Boy, it sure it sure gives you uh, a warm and fuzzy feeling about the back half of the year. Yeah, it, it certainly does. And you know, again, we we went from having the conversation of 500 is enough to keep your head above water, yeah. and now we're in a situation where I think we've we've gone back to what we expected out of the Golden Knights coming into the year. This is an elite team that should be the prohibitive favorite in their division, if not the favorite among everyone in the league. That's how good they are. And you know, they've proven right now that they're every bit that team. And then there's more. There's still Jack Eichel on the horizon. It's still a player that's going to be integrated into this lineup. And, you know, you look at the Golden Knights right now and you say, how much better can they be with Eichel coming in? It's a scary thought. But, you know, my expectations for this Golden Knights team are not what they were four weeks ago, five weeks ago. This is now what I expected the Golden Knights to be. One of the best teams in the league. Can we spin off into a Jack Eichel discussion? Sure. Uh, Kelly McCrimmon was on with the Maroons uh, on ESPN this morning. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Uh, was asked about Jack Eichel. Okay. And Kelly McCrimmon uh, said that uh, that things are progressing really well mm -hmm. uh, in his rehab. And that they they will make uh, be able to make a more definitive uh, analysis of his progress once Jack uh becomes uh, part of the the day-to-day -day, uh, routine in Vegas after the after the new year and, and arrives and starts skating with the team and then gets cleared for some contact and, and gets down that road but uh, real uh, optimism as far as uh, the initial stages of the rehabilitation from Jack Eichel uh, add to that I had a 25-minute conversation this morning with his former college coach mm -hmm. and uh, who happens to be a former New York Ranger coach uh, in, in David Quinn. Yeah. And uh, that was for the Chirp podcast. And we spent some, some time on Jack uh, discussing that uh, because, one, I'm selfish and I want to know all about uh, the ins and outs of, uh, of Jack Eichel. You? So, Come uh, on. I know. I know. No it's, way. It's, it's supposed to be a, a, like a national podcast, uh, an NHL podcast. And I, and I said, uh, David, uh, if, you, if you don't mind... I'd like to spend some time talking about the team that I cover on a daily basis. So let's uh, let's just slide over here. But I asked him about two questions. One, what are the Golden Knights getting in Jack Eichel? Okay. And he talked about elite skating and a, a, a top-end shot. Hockey sense, playmaking skills, all that goes into it. But... Uh, he said, people will be blown away by how much he can get up and down the ice with speed. And then his shot is at a different level. Yeah. Now, we, we, we've talked about those things at times, you and I, uh, during the, uh, the course of his arrival after the trade was, was consummated. But to hear his former coach rave about that. And I followed it up with, okay, what... What don't we know as media and fans about Jack Eichel that you know, David Quinn? And he said, how much of a competitor Jack Eichel is. Yeah. 
he's soft-spoken. Uh, he's he's been frustrated at times. We we we've seen all these different layers of, of Jack, the the high-end player, the superstar, uh, the frustration, uh, the injury. Uh, but he said, "You you will not believe how much of a, a just game-to-game competitor he is." And and part of that came out in his uh, difficulties with the Buffalo Sabres in going through different coaches and not making the playoffs. You, you heard some of that seep out, that uh, some call it frustration, some call it being a, a competitor. But uh, his, his uh, love of Jack Eichel, the competitor, yeah. and appreciation for Jack Eichel, the competitor, uh, was over and above his appreciation for Jack, the shooter, mm-hmm. and Jack, the, the playmaker and the skater. And uh, that just it, it gave me goosebumps just, just listening. Uh, and and I, I wish he was here tonight uh, to, be, to be able to watch him. And because we haven't seen Jack play for almost a year, yeah, uh, I think there's part of the, the people forget about how dominant he can be. Mm-hmm. And then you hear, you hear David Quinn discuss it and it's it's a it's a game changer they they've exchanged texts they've they've talked back and forth uh, uh i followed up with if he was surprised at jack's uh going down and taking control of the of the adr surgery mm-hmm. and all the research that he did yeah. and how he how much he put into it himself it's like no that's that's jack he, it, he if he's in he's all in and uh, so there's just a little uh, anecdote. The podcast is released right now, but uh, listen to, to, to David talk about uh, Jack Eichel. I think as a Vegas Golden Knight fan, mm-hmm. you, you kind of owe it yourself to listen to, to David discuss the player that you're going to get as a guy who's coached Jack Eichel. He coached him at, uh, at Boston University when, when Jack won a uh, uh, Hobie Baker Award and, and lost in the, uh, the national championship game. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting, and, and I think that there's – another level of motivation that's going to go behind Jack Eichel and fuel Jack Eichel this Boy, season you because, right about that. because you're, you're looking at a player that, that knows that he's in the upper echelon of NHL players, of, of guys that can impact and, and really dominate a game. And, you know, when, when you are coming off of, uh, you know, just a big procedure, a big surgery, and there are people doubting you, it's only going to fuel that even more. And when you, when you look at those comments from, from Dave Quinn, about how much of a competitor Jack Eichel is on the ice in every situation, uh, you throw a little bit of extra motivation behind that, look out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get into the uh, the Olympic side of it with David Quinn because he's scheduled to be uh, an assistant coach for Team USA in Beijing at the Olympic Games. Can you hear the piano in the background? <laughs> if Just nod if you're on the 215 right now or if you're over on Flamengo, if you can hear the piano in the background. Uh, you're, you're familiar with the movie Big. Yes. Those... those floor pianos mm-hmm. that's what somebody's doing right now they're uh they're not very good at it. are they gonna play something i don't know oh okay like play the the theme to jaws or something or like you know a christmas carol or something whoever's hopping on the piano oh, oh that's good there, there we go there we go oh that's from big well i know what it, i know it's called chopsticks too but my initial thought is tom hanks and i don't know the name of the other guy dancing on that piano and FAO Schwartz. But didn't I already just say that it was from Big? No. Yes, you said play this th- play the theme from Jaws. No, no. I said it was like from Big. Well, that was pretty awful before. Oh, Chris. They actually got it right now. It was Chris. terrible before. No, no. Chris, Chris, I mentioned that the piano was from the movie Big before. 
Chris. Nah, I didn't, I didn't hear that part. <laughs> what were you doing? I, I just heard it. I heard you saying that, that they should play the theme from Jaws. Chris, you don't help yourself. That bit went on beyond the, uh, hey, they should play the theme from Jaws. You don't help yourself. That's all um, right. I, uh, I, I got to shut down, so I'm, I'm good with that. How did you shut me down? You were wrong. Chris, will you wear a Santa Claus outfit? Oh, yeah. I shut you down, and I'm cool with that. Uh the Vegas Golden Knights against the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight. So you're thinking 9-7, somewhere around there. 8-6. Uh, 8-6 would be fascinating. Like I, I, could, I could go for an 8-6 game. Here's the issue. If you get an 8-6 game, mm-hmm. the starting goaltending yep. probably isn't finishing the game. Probably not. Uh, I have a stat for you that tells you how far-fetched that Will be. Uh huh. Andre Vasilevsky hasn't been pulled in like 17 years. <laughs> yeah, and, and, he's, uh, he's been in NHLer that long. It's for sure. it's it's ridiculous. Uh, he's six and zero in December. Uh huh. He's got a goals against average below two. Pretty good. Uh, he's his 16 victories tied with uh, Frederick Anderson uh, for the NHL lead. But how about this one? 178 consecutive games that's the number of regular season starts that he's made without being yanked wow goes back to 2018 against now just chapman (laughs) chime in here and this you, you can't think in 2018 because that that would be sort of cheating but think think now who would you be shocked that the last team to force Andre Vasilevsky to be pulled against. Well, you're kind of throwing some some hints that it's probably yeah. not a very good team. Exactly. So, yeah. So no, thanks for picking up on that. My, my my initial thought when it comes to really bad teams is always the Ottawa Senators. Bingo. Chris <laughs> Chapman for the win. What? That was the last uh, team that forced Andre Vasilevsky to be pulled. We're a team. It's amazing. But he hasn't faith. He has played well against the Knights. He's 2-3-1 yeah. against the Vegas Gold Knights. But 178 straight games. That's amazing. Going back to March of 2018 since he was yanked. So I don't, I don't know what's more amazing, that that it's that long that he's gone without being pulled or that Chapman got the pull on the Ottawa Senators. Well, he, he, he managed to see through uh, my, my cues. That it was uh, that was a team that that's not very good, uh, but it also takes me back to what Pete DeBoer said last week uh, when I uh, I asked him if he's more patient with changing his lines now mm-hmm. or goal, handling goaltending now than he was when he when he first broke into the National Hockey League, because sometimes I think okay you're quicker on the trigger you've seen you've been around the block a couple of times you're like okay let's go, uh, he said that he's more patient now with goaltending for sure mm-hmm. uh, at making changes. But he's uh, part of what goes into that is he took Martin Brodeur out of a game when he was with the New Jersey Devils. Mm-hmm. And Marty just, uh, Mar- nothing was said. He, he pulled Martin Brodeur the next day of practice. Uh, Brodeur skated up to him and just said, hey, you know you can call a timeout, which I thought was a, a funny line. And uh, I, I don't know how many times uh, Pete DeBoer took uh, Marty Brodeur out. But it also says something about backup goaltending and, and they, they haven't had a lot of uh, faith in, they don't need it very much, mm-hmm. but uh, Curtis McElhaney was there the last two years. Um, and and remember, it was Vasilevsky who's played every minute 
yeah. every playoff game the last two runs. Like they, they didn't take him out in the playoffs. Uh, McElhaney watched every minute of Vasilevsky's uh, run. So it's not just in the regular season. He's got a long run going uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs as well. He's in his prime. Like y- you, run, you run that horse as, as much as you possibly can, and that's why, I mean, Andre Vasilevsky is incredibly durable. He has been uh, his entire career, and, and you know you know the, the quality of goaltending you get every single time you put him out there. Do you, uh, do you put anything into this game? You're a big process guy. Is tonight, do you, do you throw the process out? And just because of, of all the uncertainty about even getting this game in, yeah, is this your? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not win, worried. Lose. I'm not worried about the process tonight. If I'm if I'm being you know completely honest in, in this moment, like there's been a lot going on around this game. There's been a lot, and, and we've kind of touched on it here. It, it just as 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 me being in the building, getting ready for a pregame show, getting ready for this broadcast. It felt different coming into the rink today. So I, I don't I don't really focus too much on the process in this game. I, I'm I'm looking at this one as you got two teams, you go out to play hockey and, and the better team at the end of the day is gonna win. Yeah, and neither team can wait to get out of the building. Yeah, I mean like this might be like getting getting the puck dropped, getting out there, getting to just be and exist in that moment for the athletes might be the 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 two and a half hours of solace, the only solace that they've had over the last 24 hours mm-hmm. just in in getting to the game getting here getting it it going and you know whatever happens at the end of it then you know it's done you know it's over with you know you have a couple of days but i think just getting to the point where you could drop the puck is has been so taxing that once they're out there anything goes uh, covid protocol has uh, taken alex petrangelo and evgeny dodonov out of the lineup dodonov did skate this morning uh, at the morning skate, uh, but Nick Hag uh, did not skate. Uh, he's a game time decision. Robin Leonard uh, was not on the ice uh, for this morning's game, uh, and you would normally say that's just part of uh, Robin Leonard's routine. But uh, there was a, a sighting of Logan Thompson up from the Henderson Silver Knights. Uh, he was uh, in the other net along with uh, Laurent Brossois. So uh, wondering if there's anything uh, going on on that front. Uh, that's the sort of the, the lineup situation for Vegas. We know that. Dodonov and Petrangelo are out. Uh, Hag sounds like a, a game time decision, and Nolan Patrick. I doubt it's going to play tonight, mm-hmm. but he wasn't in the red or baby blue non contact sweater that we've become used to to seeing him. Uh, this is the first uh, time that, that that they've skated since coming home from the road trip. But mm-hmm. boy, it, it sure looks and sounds like Nolan Patrick's getting really close. Yeah, and and I I think that. Beyond anything, that's just great for Nolan Patrick, right? Like you're you're looking at a player that uh, was looking for a, a change of scenery and and just a new opportunity in a new city, and the hope for me is that Nolan Patrick is able to return to game action relatively soon, and it's it's another progressive step for him, and and that's all really all that's important here. He's gonna have to play well when he does get back in. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong, Brett Howden. Been and really good. I, I don't know whether it was Brett Howden playing in the East Coast in rinks that he's more familiar in, mm-hmm. uh, like Madison Square Garden, of course, but Jersey, Islanders, uh, Boston. Like he's played his whole career. He's played 200 games in the National Hockey League, and uh, uh, 178 of them were in the Eastern Conference. Uh, that, that's got to have something to do with the, uh, with the progress that we saw out of him. But, but Nick Waugh, 
went up and played with the Misfits and was great. Yeah. Uh, and, and and settled in on that third line and has looked really good mm-hmm. with the Donov and Yanmark and, and the different combinations that, that we've seen. And then you add in the Howden emergence. Uh, Patrick coming back is going to give you options. Mm-hmm. And I think he does go back in the lineup, and and he does go back in at center, but he's also going to have to really hit the ground running in in some aspects in the second half of the season to maintain that spot. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of internal competition, which is great, right? Yeah, one hundred percent, and and especially down the middle in the bottom six, and I think that's kind of been the area where, you know, if you were looking to improve the Golden Knights, if you were looking to find a way to get maybe a, a couple of extra extra goals here and there. It would be down the middle bottom six, mm-hmm. or just bottom six in general. And, and I think what, what Kelly McCrimmon has been able to create over the course of this offseason, and then, you know, if all things being equal after the Jack Eichel trade, uh, you're looking at a Golden Knights team that's really good down the middle, and there's more competition in your bottom six to, to create whatever identity you want out of that group. And, and for the Golden Knights, it, it looks more and more every day like the, the, the ideal bottom six is one that resembles what the Tampa Bay Lightning had. That is guys that can go out there, they can win shifts, and can find ways to put the puck in the back of the net when it gets really hard to do that in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That's a great recipe to have. And for the Golden Knights, getting Nolan Patrick back to health, getting everyone back to health, and letting that competition sort itself out is going to be paramount to their success when they get into the playoffs. Uh, the other update that I wanted to pass along is regarding Alec Martinez. Mm-hmm. And Pete DeBoer was asked about his progress. And Pete said positive developments, mm-hmm. uh, heading in the right direction, getting uh, uh, back on the ice uh, after Christmas, starting to look like a, a reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's, that's amazing news. Positive developments, heading in the right direction. Yeah, I, I mean... Y- we all know how tough Alec Martinez is. We know how how much this guy goes out there and lays it all on the line. You know if he's not in the lineup, he's dealing with something that's that's really, really tough. Uh, but if you can get Alec Martinez back and, and he can get back into games shortly after the beginning of the year, that would be phenomenal for the Golden Knights because while they have done a great job, while Nick Haig has taken great steps, we've talked about Dylan Coughlin. We know how good Zach Whitecloud's been. Uh, you have a player in Alec Martinez that just has a bunch of intangibles that he can bring to the table with this club. And then you have more decisions there. Yeah, 100%. Uh, what you do. And competition's good. Mm -hmm. For for a team like the Golden Knights that is elite, that wants to win a Stanley Cup, you need that internal competition driving everyone to be better than what they are today, to be better tomorrow, to be better the next day. I'm a lines guy. I'm not a big D-pairing person. No. I've, I've never really got into it. I, I, Charlie Huddy and Paul Coffey, I know, played together. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I couldn't tell you Ray Bork's longest partner. Was it Glenn Wesley? I don't know. Like the, along that line. I've never really become fascinated with this. I, I know Hedman played with Strawman for a, for a long time and had some, some good success. This, this will be very interesting to see where Vegas goes with its D pairings. Nick Hegg has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. with Alex Petrangelo. Petrangelo's not going to play tonight. He's in COVID protocol. But moving forward, they have been outstanding. I would have said before the other night, this road trip, that when Martinez came back, I'd put him with Shea Theodore and try and get 
a little bit more out of Shea. And we saw some of Shea's best hockey mm-hmm. was played with Alec Martinez in the bubble. Yep. Not not so sure about that. But there's there's a lot of different and, and all these defensemen, the the eight of them, if you want to make them the big group, have seemed to have all played with each other. Yeah. Uh, to with uh, certainly in the top six that they've all had interchangeable parts and shake and go back and forth, uh, lefty or righty. But uh, it's it's what Ryan McGill and the coaching staff do mm-hmm. with that group and who ends up skating with who is uh, there's there's options there for sure. Well, and and the interesting part about it is within a game. Yeah, it's not a static thing, right? Like it's not it's not the same pairing every single time. There are situations where you'll see Shea Theodore and Alex Petrangelo on the ice. When you're chasing a goal, you'll see that pairing time well, and time again. How about Haig and, and Coughlin yeah. in, in the Ranger game? 100%. And you you have these moments where you can mix and match, and because there's such great familiarity and because these guys have played with each other over and over in all these different situations. I it's think unique, though. I don't, I don't think I've ever I, been around a team where it has it, it, they have so many combinations that just flip back and forth yeah i don't think i don't think i i've seen that either it's it's more or less been tried and true these are your pairings this is what we're yeah. going to roll out we have a pair that that's really good at generating offense we've got a pair that's really good at shutting things down and then we have a pair that we protect a little bit and, and that's kind of how teams have rolled it out but the golden knights have uh, really five or six different pairings they can go to within the within within a game depending on what that game is asking of them in the moment you want to hand out some christmas presents tomorrow Sure. To different players, different teams. We'll okay. do a whole we'll do a whole segment tomorrow. Wow. On on handing out some Christmas presents. Okay. And you can you can come up with a few. I'll I'll give you some names. Uh and we'll both uh we'll both hand out some some Christmas gifts. And it'll be some fun stuff, it'll be some serious stuff, and there'll be some, some lunacy uh with Chapman and Buff. Uh when we t- continue, we're going to uh give you uh, some uh, information on news and notes from around the National Hockey League. But uh, before we go to break, if you want to go to the Vegas Golden Knights game against the Colorado Avalanche on December 27th, we can make it happen. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is be caller number 19 to attend the game on December 27th. It's the first game back after tonight. The first game after the National Hockey League pause for the holidays. Be caller number 19. What's the number? 702-876-1340. Do you say that in your sleep? Yes. Yeah, because I hear you when I'm driving home after the TV show and uh, you're, you're taking the call. Rita uh, called in yesterday. She apologized. Uh, caller number 19 uh, right now, and we'll give you tickets to come and see the Golden Knights at uh, T-Mobile Arena on December 27th. Back with one-timers on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show. Let's get into it. Uh, a story that is developing and is certainly headed towards a one solution is the NHL, NHLPA participation in the Beijing Olympic Winter Games in February. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, it looked like it was going to happen. The uh, arrival of the Omicron variant has changed that and uh, multiple reports today, including from Chris Johnston, that uh, the National Hockey League and the NHLPA have now finalized and agreed to not participate, withdraw their participation, and they're just working through the process of notifying the WIHF and the IOC. 
What does that mean? Well, you've got that gap in the schedule in February, which will be used to make up some games. How much depends on building availability, but I think they'll be able to make up a lot more games than, uh, than has been let on already. But really disappointing news that you won't get a best-on-best best tournament in Beijing for the Olympic Winter Games in, in the hockey tournament. Yeah, it's it's you know it's a bummer. No no way around it. Like it's it's not just a bummer for fans that want to see best on best hockey because you know, like, who can argue best on best hockey? It, it, it rocks. It's awesome. But uh, that being said, it, it's unfortunate certainly for the players that especially players that this might be their one opportunity or one last final opportunity uh, to represent their country in the Olympics. Um, it, it's 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 frustrating. One hundred percent. There's no no real other way to say it. Unless they push the Olympic Games to next year. Doesn't sound like that's going to happen. Sure. But it did happen with Tokyo. Mm -hmm. We knew far less about COVID in, in 2020 than, than we did do now. Mm -hmm. So that, that tells me that it's l unlikely. Uh, you also have to have the the host nation uh, spearhead that. I don't think that's going to happen uh, either. But it's a possibility. How about this? You don't have a hockey tournament in Beijing, mm -hmm. and you hold your best on best outside of the Olympic Games. Okay, next summer or next winter maybe you hold it in in north america a best on best tournament and you call that your olympic hockey tournament it's out there mm -hmm. it's far-fetched uh but does that get around not going at all well i it's not like, like and the other thing is, is it would it be would it be sanctioned by the ioc i don't know because that's the question that i would have like if you're talking about a World Cup of Hockey situation. And there's a backup plan to have a hockey tournament there without NHL participation. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's there. KHL, uh, European leagues uh, will fulfill it. You would, you would definitely have to have buy-in from the IOC and the, uh, and the uh, IIHF. But it's not like one of the big draws of the hockey tournament is the, like Sochi. Mm -hmm. Sochi, that was, it was built around the hockey tournament. Yeah. Like China doesn't have a big hockey the, the 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 hockey team for the the men's team in China was just granted acceptance into the tournament. Uh, they were they were going to take them out. Mm -hmm. They weren't even going to let them participate because they're they're the non-competitive factor. Yeah. So it's not it's not as as key as say in a in a Canada, a U.S. or a Russia or Sweden. But just I'm just thinking out loud here. If yeah. you don't have best on best, and, and it doesn't sound like we're going to do it. Why not? Why not hold that separate from the Olympic Games? I, I, the only thing that would give me pause is kind of the player aspect of that. You yeah. want you want if you're going if you're going to go best on best, you want it to be for an Olympic gold medal, yeah. right? Like I, I or a World and, Cup, yeah. And and that that kind of that's kind of the, the big question here is and if it's not what, at the Olympic Games, is it really for an Olympic medal? Exactly, and yeah. that's that's what that's what you have to weigh is is what's palatable for the players, yeah. right? Because you know, everyone's missing out on this. Everyone's losing out. But, you know, the players, what they want in this is important because 
this was something going to the Olympics that was important enough for them to negotiate into the collective bargaining agreement. I also speculated yesterday that I think Alexander Ovechkin will try and find a way to go to Beijing. If they have a hockey tournament, even if the NHL and NHLPA don't participate, I think he'll he'll explore that. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether it actually happened, but without NHL participation, Russia becomes the favorite. Hands down, the favorite. Yeah. Uh, would he be a part of that? We know he wants to be. Uh, I'll be... Yeah! That's one area that, that I am going to be following uh, in the wake of when this announcement does become official. Not official yet, mm-hmm. but it does sound like there's an agreement with the uh, with the PBA and the uh, and National Hockey League uh, regarding not going to the Olympics. Now we'll wait to see uh, how many games they can they can make up of all these, these 50 games that have been uh, postponed. I uh, want to bring you up to date on a couple of other things. Oh, one is uh, the Vancouver Canucks. Jim Rutherford is the general manager and president of hockey operations. He wants to find a general manager. Uh, there's uh, some uh, reports out there that he might have trouble finding a general manager to fit his exact model because Jim really wants to be the general manager as well. <laughs> and he likes making <laughs> trades. And, and uh, so there's uh, there was uh, uh, some optimism that there would be a manager in place really quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how, how, that, uh, how soon that's going to happen, uh, just based on some of the um, job sharing, job description sure. uh, that comes in from, uh, from Jim Rutherford. That's, that sounds like a great GM job for you. Yeah, no power? Exactly. I'm in. I'll, I'll take that. Um, Just let me know what that, that interview process is like. Uh, Should you get the job, I'm going to do everything. Okay, <laughs> that works. Exactly. Can I put my name on it, though? I'm fine with that. Uh, Jacob Chikrin. So Arizona's having a terrible year. Uh, they're going to be yep. bad for a couple of years. Uh-huh. Uh, he's got three years left on his contract. Uh, some speculation that the Boston Bruins are kicking tires on Jacob Chikrin. Edmonton was apparently in on it, but that's uh, that's not going to happen. Uh, but the Boston Bruins in on Jacob Chickham. That'd be a good trade. Yeah, I would it be? What are they like? What's the proposed trade? Would would Jake DeBrusque go in the other way? Maybe. Uh, I mean, like if I'm Jacob Chickren, I wouldn't mind that. If if I'm Boston, mm-hmm. I'd do that trade. I would do. Yeah, I mean, I would do DeBrusque you, for Chickren. There'd be more. I, there'd I, be more going sure, back to, sure. to Arizona. But like core piece for core piece 100% I think the world of Jacob Chikrin as a offense, offensive defenseman who's con- going to continue to get better and continue to grow um, you can put on your power play and yeah I, I mean I'd do that in a minute if I'm the Boston Bruins uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins are getting healthier still don't have a firm timeline on uh, on the big man uh, Malkin but uh, Zucker there's, there's some questions about where he's going to fit in Jason Zucker, uh, who, who we know from, from this area, uh, may have been pushed out, lost his spot to uh, Evan Rodriguez. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no guarantees for a team that, you know, I think is, is trying to give that core one more go, right? You're looking at, at the Sidney Crosby era and the Evgeny Malkin era. That is coming to an end. Whether or not anyone wants to believe it or not, it is coming to an end. But can you squeeze one more championship out of it? Uh, if you have any hopes of doing it, you're going to have to go with players that are playing uh, to their to their capabilities or even a little bit better. And you know, right now, Jason Zucker is, is going to have to find another gear. 
Boy, when he gets hot, he goes, though. Oh, sure. Uh, All-star game in Vegas, early February. Uh-huh. Still a go. Uh, Greg Wyshynski reporting today from ESPN that uh, despite uh, all the uh, scuttlebutt uh, regarding the National Hockey League and the NHLPA and the Beijing Olympic Games, and uh, now that they're going in a different direction there, uh, people were pointing to that there may not be an all-star game in, in Vegas. Uh, because the players would say, hey, you're not going to China. How do you do that? Um, right now, it's, uh, it's status quo that, uh, that there's been no talk, no talk of canceling the Vegas All-Star Weekend at this time. A big part of that is, uh, is television. Uh, new, new TV partners, they, they want to be able to, uh, to get it going. There's two things that are happening. The Winter Classic game, January 1st. It's an evening game. Uh, they want that to happen. That's at uh, Target Field. In, in St. Paul, in Minnesota, and St. Louis Blues, the opposition in that one, uh, they want to get that game in, and that has more of an immediate concern because of the Omicron and what we're dealing with right now, and the All-Star Weekend, uh, even without them going, without with the decision not going to China, they still, it's a it's a real big partner uh, event for, for what the National Hockey League does. And yeah. with Vegas, yeah, is that enough time? We're six weeks. You'd like to hope, uh, and and I mean, listen, the, we you know we talked about it today. Just the the rate that it's going right now, or are we getting to a point soon where um, you're talking about herd immunity, perhaps? But you know, you'd like to hope that between now and, and the All Star Game, uh, there aren't as many COVID cases as there are right now in the NHL. That's just what you're hoping for. Optics. That's that's the real thing. Uh, optics. You, you don't go to China now. Is China because uh, players could test positive and then they're in quarantine for five weeks? That's part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. I. I mean. I. I think that's certainly part of it. One hundred percent. And that's a concern among players too. Mm. Uh, but for me, I think the bigger question is the amount of games that have already been postponed yes. that you need to be able to get in because. Quite frankly, the NHL has to go 82 games. Mm-hmm. So. It was it was already going to be a question yeah. with the uh, quarantine possibility yep. and going over to China. That was always al- already going to force uh, some players to have pause uh, about going. But now, with all the games that they've missed, it's almost it's it's a no brainer. Yeah, uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, those are your one timers for this Tuesday, December on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Catching up with Chapman's next. <laughs> When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. All right, well, Catching Up with Chapman, I am going to defer to Darren and Ryan because we actually do have some breaking news that's just coming down. So uh, go ahead, guys. Uh, The COVID protocol uh, impact on this game has uh, reached into the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, organization. Uh, Will not keep anybody out as far as the athletes are concerned, but the coach, uh, John Cooper, has uh, been placed in a protocol. Yep, yep. Jo- Joe Smith reported that just about 5.34 here local time. So John Cooper entered COVID protocol. Derek Lalonde will run forward lines tonight. No other Tampa Bay Lightning players or staff are in COVID-related protocol today. Just coach John Cooper. So as far as uh, playing the game, I guess that's good. Uh, I, I, am I surprised? No. Yeah. Uh, I, actually anticipate 
a couple of changes going up to, to game time. I don't know whether they test after the morning and uh, when, when you get to the rink. I don't know whether that's that's part of it uh, with, with what's happening right now and the, the rapid acceleration of, uh, of people being placed into COVID protocol. But uh, I'm, I hope it's just John. Yeah. I hope he's healthy and I hope he's, he's asymptomatic. Uh, but if, if it's just John and then we've got uh, the Donov and Petrangelo out uh, from the Vegas side with COVID protocol, means uh, that, uh, that we'll be able to play a, a game that's kind of reminiscent of, of what we expect from these two teams. Yeah, you're you're spot on. Um, we we have officially started countdown to warmups, <laughs> so uh, that's the that's the clock and that's the timer that I'm uh, I'm gonna live by for the next uh, 52 and a half hey, minutes. You're coming into the game right now. Uh, people, uh, the doors are open, so yep. they're they're filing into T-Mobile Arena. Uh, wear your mask. Yep. Be safe yep. and and do what uh, protect yourself. Like it's not about uh, about uh, in, enjoying uh, because you don't have a mask on and you get. You know, to float the uh, the restrictions, wear the mask and protect yourself. It's the the holidays are coming up. You don't want to be uh, having to isolate because you you've, you've tested a cause positive for for COVID nineteen. So so one that's one thing. Uh, take care of yourself, but but come to the game because it looks like uh, uh, barring something wild happening, we're going to be able to play this game. And and I, I feel very fortunate that we're going to be able to watch this game of, of two great teams uh, playing really really well right now, uh, both in first place. And uh, there's nine other other games. There's uh, there's 18 other teams that we're supposed to play tonight that aren't going to get this uh, this possibility. So sit back and uh, and listen to it, enjoy it, and uh, and uh, and have the uh, the the luxury of being able to watch the and listen to the Vegas Golden Knights play the last game before the holidays. Chapman, you want to say something now in your segment? No, I'm all good. I, well, I, I, what were you going to say? I, I was going to say, b- believe it or not, we, we talked about Martin Brodeur being pulled by uh-huh. Pete DeBoer. One of the games he was pulled in, Winter Classic at Yankee Stadium, gave up six goals in two periods in that game. And uh, he complained about the horrible conditions, the terrific, or the terrible uh, setup for it, how they had to eat at 15 in the morning. Just a lot of blame going around, but Pete pulled him in that game. And... Uh, <laughs> Just thought I'd throw that out there. 2014 Winter Classic at Yankee Stadium. Oh, and you still think he's the best. He's, hey, he is the best. MB30. He's awesome. Love that guy. Dominic Hashik's where it's at. Come on, people. Pre-game show is coming up next with uh, Ryan Wallace, and then it's Gary Lawless and Dan Duva with a call of the Vegas Golden Knights and the Tampa Bay Lightning. It is game 32 for the Golden Knights trying to move a season-high 10 games above 500. Enjoy it, everyone.